911, what's the nature of your emergency? Good morning, police, fire, military, and families, and to everybody who is listening in on the Tactical Living Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Walton, and today is always a special day because on Tuesday mornings, I get to share time and space with special guests. Today just so happens to be somebody who I admire, who's a total badass, and we are literally communicating from opposite ends of the country right now here in Southern California and our guest over there in sunny Florida. So we definitely are going to share the love and share the sunshine and everything in between with everyone that that tunes in today. So without further ado, I would like to bring on a retired police sergeant, former Air Force, my really good friend, Melody. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. It is so nice to have you on our show. I know you've been in our group for so long and it's always nice to see you come on and you engage and you interact. And I'm so thankful to, for that because we've gotten to know you more and more. But if you don't mind, if we could just start out by you just sharing a little bit about your background, your history, some of the things that you've done for work. Well, I started as a uh, Chicago cop when I was 20 years old. I stayed with Chicago till. 1978. Then I came to Florida. And then I, you know, I was also in the military for a long time. And I retired two years ago, 2019. Uh, I am still in law enforcement. (laughs) You know, um, I can't say exactly what I do, but, you know, um, I I have uh, struggled when I was a little girl, and I I always said that I was going to make something of myself. I wasn't going to be a a victim of the streets or anything like that. I came from a very poor malfunction family, <laughs> more or less. So so you know I did decide that that's what I wanted to do was to be a police officer. And, um, I, it's, it's one of those deals that you go through life, you have bad experiences, but you learn from those experiences. And I know that, uh, it's just, like with, you know, PTSD. Yes, it's very real. It's very real. And, you know, there's times, you know, I've woke up in the middle of the night, you know, kind of like fighting, you know, I guess it's like fighting. And, but I've learned how to deal with it. You know, I mean, it's, it's one of those things that, If I keep thinking about it and letting it take over me, I'm never going to be nothing or be anybody because it just will consume your whole soul if you allow it to. And I know there's a lot of people out there that they don't know how to handle it and, um, you know, I 
I really feel that it's something that we really have to find an answer to, you know, yeah. because a lot of people can't handle it. And, and I mean, I've, uh, and like I say, I've came from a very <laughs> dysfunctional family and, you know, I have a lot of demons, but you know, I don't let those demons control me because, you know, I don't want to be down on my life. I don't want to be, you know, negative. I don't want to be mad at the world because it's, it's, you know, it's just something that you have to deal with it yourself. And, and if you have to get help, then you go and get it. But, you know, I have my, <laughs> I have my real doubts about that too. Sometimes, you know, sometimes I think they do more harm than good. You know, I hear you. And I want to first thank you for your service and your continued service. Thank but you. I also I want to point out. Good morning, everybody. I want to point out the fact that, Melody, you seem like such a rare breed having an upbringing that wasn't um, wasn't the, the best. It sounds like coming from a dysfunctional family and deciding to join law enforcement when you're 20 years old and then get into the military. And I'm just wondering, especially with the difficulty that we, we all know it is not quite as easy to be able to face that. You said that you told yourself you're not going to become a victim of, you know, the streets or, or anything else. And I would imagine with how, how strong willed you are, you certainly weren't going to become a victim of a stigmatized profession going into it where it is male dominated. So what led you to make that career decision? Well, up in Chicago, you know, it, it is pretty much a male dominated police force up there, you know, back when I first started. I mean, uh, I, I said, well, you know, somebody's got to push some buttons. You know, I mean, I can push buttons just like, you know, other people push them. But I mean, I can really push some buttons. But the thing is, is I don't back down. I don't back down. I have the utmost respect for my superiors but I don't back down and I don't let them intimidate me, you know, like, well, you know, if you, you don't do this or you don't do that, you know, you're going to be out, bring it on. You know, I, I don't, I don't give in, you know, not like that, you know, but I being coming from the fam type of family I had, I just, you know, I felt that I had to um, do something, not just not just for me, but for people. You know, because there's just so many. I hate to say helpless, but you know, there are people out there that need somebody to help them, to guide them. You know, and in Chicago, the streets—they're full of them. You know, and uh, and it's funny because uh, I went to school, you know, I went through high school. And the funny thing is, is towards the end of my schooling, I lived on the streets. Hmm. So I knew what it was like. You know, I, I I've lived both worlds. And but one thing I can say is. You know, when it comes to drugs and stuff like that, you got a mouth. 
You know how to say no. I, I, there's just no excuse for that. And domestic violence, I've been in it. So, you know, I've, I've, I've had been in the, in those situations and I felt I had something to offer. And that's really what led me into becoming a cop. Hmm. I know that you, you just seem incredibly well cultured. And I know that you have some experience with how to actually survive being shot or stabbed. And I want to get into that. But before we do, if it's okay to ask, what are some of maybe the things that you did struggle with when you were transitioning and learning how to become a police officer and serving in the military? Well, I guess, uh, you know, serving the military and being a cop, you know, you got, again, when I started in the military, you know, it was all guys, you know, it wasn't, you know, women didn't belong there at the time, you know, and, uh, you know, I just said, well, you know, what you can do, I can do, you know, it doesn't make me better. doesn't make me less. It just is, makes me a person, mm -hmm. but, um, there is, there's, a, you know, there is kind of a difference as far as the, um, military and the police. I mean, unless you're in the police part in the military or, whatever, you know, but, uh, you know, you got to do more, you got to put up with more. And, um, I think that, um, men and women are, you know, we are created equal, you know, one is no better than the other, you know, uh, I get out there and I'll kick up the dirt right along next to the guy next to me. But, but, you know, there, you know, we're no different other than the fact that we're a woman. Um, mm -hmm. I crawled up the ladder very quickly in the military, you know, and um, the biggest thing that I could really say is, you know, when you see people that are blowed up or they're killed, you know, all you can do is be there uh, and, and, and just keep trying to keep your mind straight and do what you need to do to get the job done. Um, I've had, I've had men that have literally died in my arms and uh it, it it's it's devastating it's you know it's hard to deal with it's hard to deal with you know what are you going to say to their parents or to their wife or their kids if they got kids it's uh it's very hard you know but there's not i can't say there's a real big difference between the two other than the fact that you know, the killing's a little different, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know. And I know in your vast experience, you have 
had to have picked up so many different tactics and techniques. So the the one thing you mentioned was how to actually survive if you you do find yourself as and I would imagine as an officer, any profession or even just a civilian on the street. So what are some of the techniques that you've learned to actually survive a situation where you might be stabbed or, or even shot? Well, I, I've taken, you know, Taekwondo, Tai Chi, um, you know, I've, um, I've learned when I was shot in Chicago, you know, I didn't think I was going to live. I really did not think I was going to live. I was really bad off, but I told myself, no, you're not going to take me that easy. You know, I have a job to do. I have my life's not complete. And, um, you know, I've learned my to use uh, uh, hand combat real well. And, and my biggest thing is I've learned to communicate with Mm -hmm. people. That is a very big issue is communication. You know, we're not out there. We're not supposed to be out there being badasses. We're supposed to be out there serving and protecting. And, you know, that's what we're supposed to do. And a lot of, things or communication. Yeah, there's those that, you know, they're so high. For example, one time in Chicago, I had a guy that was so high, it took six of us to take him down. And I, that's how I got stabbed. Because the the, the problem was, is, you know, you, you want to take them down, but you don't want to <clears throat> You know, you're not trying to kill them. You're not supposed to kill them, you know, unless your life's threatened. But, I mean, I ended up getting stabbed because the guys, they they just was. I know a lot of guys get mad when I say this, but it is (laughs) what it is. But they're assholes. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to tell you, there's bad apples in the bushel. You know, whether it's police, military, any kind of anything, there's bad apples in every bushel. And it's the bad apples that cause the problems. And it's the bad apples that can end up getting your life taken, you know. And I think that we don't have hard enough training. I think training is really crucial. And there's a lot of departments. I'm not saying everybody. I don't want nobody to get me wrong when I say this, but there's a lot of departments that don't have the real good training. And that's why a lot of people end up losing their lives because first off you have to keep your head on a swivel 24 seven. You know, there's no, um, getting around that, you know, you, you know, you go home, you have to have your head on a swivel because you don't know who's got 
a vendetta against you. You know, you have to be aware. Don't be on your phone walking to the house or getting in your car, you know, because that's where things happen because you're sidetracked, you know. And um, I know that some people do get pissed pissed at me but no that's okay some yeah i, I mean and, and that's not just men but there there's that right many. it's women too it's it's mm -hmm. not just a man thing it's there's women out there that you know uh they're there to do a job but some of them are got their minds in other places so yeah that's for all, sure that's all i'm going to say about that i understood <laughs> Now, Melody, you, you've been stabbed, you've been shot, and it feels like a privilege to even be sitting here talking to you right now. And I just want to know before we wrap this up, you had first mentioned some how important it is for people who have been through traumatic situations, be it at work or otherwise, to find their own coping mechanisms for dealing with the PTSD. So I'm just wondering what suggestions or advice might you have having experienced literally almost losing your life and then making this cognitive decision to choose to live. You, you made the choice to live. What can other people do if they do find themselves in that dark place and they're experiencing some of the consequences of dealing with traumatic situations like that? Well, I've found that, you know, my dealings, I've never been, I've never gone to psychologist or anything or, you know, a doctor, I did all this on my own. I would go home, I'd read, I'd, I'd find things to literally do. When I found myself kind of going down that little hole, I would find me something that pleasured me to do, you know. And it isn't easy for, you know, going through PTSD. But I've found that you have to help yourself before anybody can help you. And it is a terrible experience because I, I do experience it, but I've found that doing things, whether it be go out in the yard or, or just read a book or, you know, things like that, that kept me from thinking, you know, because when you go down that hole, you, you find yourself, reliving those things mm -hmm. a lot of the the problems you're reliving so you have to train your brain to say okay i'm going down this dark hole i need to do something i need to get my mind out of that hole and and for me reading and just you know playing um crossword puzzles, word games, or even going outside and working in the yard or making something in the oven. It's, you know, it's getting your mind out of that hole is what it is. Because when you're in that hole, you go deeper and deeper. Your mind will go deeper into that hole if you allow it to. And being how I was shot, and where I was stabbed, you know, that that was a horrific uh, situation. I mean, I just think that um, 
you know, it, had I just stayed and let it eat at me as much as it did, did then, I'd probably be a basket case today. And I'm not saying that today I don't still find myself kind of creeping mm -hmm. to that hole. But I, I make some, I do get something going to get my mind out, to get it away from the hole. You know, because you can't go in the hole unless you allow your mind to go in there. Yeah, that, that's that's absolutely perfect advice. I love that. Just the identification of when this negative spiral is starting and that pattern, which you already know that pattern exists. Have, yeah. have anybody listening to this, if you've ever experienced it before, it is certainly something where it's like a slide. You're going to sit on the top of that slide or you're just mm -hmm. going to. You're going to climb up the ladder. And you're going to get up and climb up that ladder higher, or you're going to let yourself slide into the hole. And you can't do it because there's no place in that dark hole but bad stuff. And, and you can't let it eat at you like that because what's if you do, it's going to kill you. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I refuse to let anything take my life. I love that. You, know? you you are such a strong soul and somebody who I, I love getting to know more and more and talk to. And I appreciate you being so open and vulnerable. And I know as people listen to this, maybe in, in the group or on the podcast, they might have questions. So if they do, is there a way that they can contact you? Yeah, they can contact me. They can uh, contact me at Sindari at live.com or they can call me. 813-464-5213. Beautiful. And as you listen to this, there aren't many people that we interview on this show that offer to be able to be so open, even to the extent of giving their numbers. So if you do find yourself in that dark place, or maybe you have a story that relates to melodies, I would highly encourage you to reach out and maybe allow her to be that voice of reason, that, that one person that you decide to talk to. And um, just know that I'm sending you a long, tight hug from my studio to your home. And Melody, thank you so much for coming on and sharing time with us this morning. You're welcome.